Tech Talk. Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. This is News Talk. Welcome along to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Coming up over the next hour, we'll find out where we're at in terms of e-scooter legislation and what impact it'll have on our roads. Kira Tracy reviews the game you've all been waiting for, Bratz flaunt your fashion, and we'll get an update on Ireland's startup sector. As always, you can email the show techtalk at newstalk.com or you'll find me on Instagram at jesskellynt. We may also have a little look at what uh, Elon Musk and Twitter have been up to this week, purely because I simply cannot help myself. But we're going to start this week with e-scooter legislation. This is one of those stories, a bit like the National Broadband Plan back in the day, where I feel like we're constantly saying, this month it's going to happen, this month it's going to happen, and it hasn't happened yet. But will it happen soon? Ashling Dunn of Bolt is with me now. Ashling, uh, we've spoken many times about this over the last wee while. Before we look at what our roads will look like once the legislation comes to pass, uh, where are we at as of right now? So that legislation, the Road Traffic and Roads Bill, appeared before the Shannad at committee stage last month there at the beginning of February. And some interesting issues arose around data protection and specifically to do with bus connects and the ability to enforce um, rules around staying out of bus lanes and that's detection. So that's gone back um, to the Department of Transport for consideration and will ultimately, I think, come back before the Cabinet before re- reappearing before the Shannad and then go back to the Dáil. So I suppose because the Road Traffic and Roads Bill is such a, a meaty piece of legislation and deals with a whole range of issues and um, the regulating of scooters has been held up by the other issues that have arisen, which is unfortunate. Yeah, this is, it's almost a Groundhog Day situation where it feels like we're constantly coming back to this. When are we expecting the legislation to be fully passed and then implemented? So, um, Based on the the current steps that are still required, the expectation is that this will come back before the Shannon in the next two to three weeks and then be back in the Dáil a week or so later. So we'd be very hopeful that this legislation will have passed all stages and be enacted uh, or signed into law by the end of May at the latest Um, And then the regulations are still required. So my understanding is that the regulations are being worked on in tandem um, and, and they are being progressed but ultimately they will have to be sent to the European Commission for consideration because if they include anything that would be deemed anti-competitive, so, you know, requirements around scooters that somebody might believe to be anti-competitive, and um, they have to be shared with all other member states and given them an opportunity to respond. So that adds a further three months onto any regulations which will follow. So we're still looking at probably the autumn and um, before scooters will be legally able to be used on our streets. Okay, so there's a bit of a road to go. Um, One of the things that people are either excited or uh, nervous about is the notion of the uh, scooter sharing. So we know that in some cities around the country, we've got bike share services where you can just sign up to an account, grab a, a bike and off you go. How soon after the legislation has passed will we have the shared scooters? Well... 
That is, uh, that's definitely the million dollar question. And um, that sort of depends on councils and their level of readiness. And um, there are a lot of councils at the moment are thinking about it and working on it. I know the Department of Transport is, um, you know, trying to prepare guidelines and, and give give councils, you know, some support around what should be required. You know, obviously different councils will have different requirements depending on, on, on various factors in their location, but what should be kind of the, the universal baseline requirements and, and how they should be rolled out, whether there should be competition, those kind of things. It's important that I suppose the councils get some guidance from central government and then also are given flexibility to, to do it in their own way. Um, so it will depend on how soon the department can get those guidelines to the councils and how ready the the councils are themselves, whether or not they need to bring in bylaws, whether they want to go to tender or whether they want to operate a license system whereby, you know, any any operators who meet the certain criteria are, are given a license to operate. There are still a fair few unknowns, but it's something that we're eager to to engage with the councils to, you know, to try and help them start thinking through these various issues. Yeah, anyone who's been to any of the major European cities or indeed in the US, I think they're in Australia as well, they, they'll be familiar with these um, sh- shared services. One of the things that I, like I think e-scooters are great and we'll talk through the benefits of them in a second, but I was in Rome in February and the, one of the most frustrating things about walking the streets of Rome was discarded scooters on the sides of footpaths and so on. Is that something that can be legislated against or are there parameters that can be put in place to prevent that type of thing from happening? Absolutely. So um, I can give you the perfect example of how it should be done. Um, We operate e-bikes in Sligo and Kilkenny and we will soon be operating them in Bray and Wexford. And we are only allowed to operate them in on the basis that they must be parked so all journeys must start and end in virtual parking bays Uh, and that was on foot of our proposal to the councils so um for example in in sligo if you want to start a journey open your app and you can see i think it's about 52 parking locations within the town of sligo and only there will you find an e-bike and then you look at where you're going to and you can see where is the closest virtual parking bay to that. And that is where you finish your journey. So um, that is what we're doing in cities across Europe for e-scooters. Um, not every city. Some cities don't require it. They don't want it. They want the ultimate flexibility for the users. I think in Ireland, given the size of our footpaths, narrow roads, narrow footpaths, um, virtual parking bays are an absolute must. And I, I really don't think, uh, you know, the, the kind of model that you've seen in Rome would work here or should work here. I think it presents a lot of difficulties for other pedestrians and road users. But the virtual parking bays allow you to roll out a scheme much faster than if you have to require kind of tethered bike stands for every parking location. That's a lot of infrastructure, a lot of cost, um, whereas we can do it using geofencing. And, and how it works is that when a when a person has finished their journey, if they try and stop it outside their house or outside the office, you know, willy nilly on the side of a pathway and not at a virtual parking bay, the, the app just won't let them end their journey. So they'll continue to get charged. So they, they have to return it to a virtual parking bay and therefore they have to, to comply with that orderly parking. And that's what we hope to see with e-scooters as they get rolled out in Ireland. Well, that is good. And, you know, as an as an e-scooter fan, I think it's reassuring to hear that those 
um, types of facilities and also penalties for people who don't behave properly are, are in place in, in terms of the bikes and so on because that is a bit of a pain point. Um, another area of concern is, uh, relates to the use of footpaths versus bus lanes. Where is it likely, given where we're at with the legislation, uh, that these scooters will be allowed to operate? So it seems from, from what the department and the minister have been saying is that e-scooters will absolutely not be allowed to be used on footpaths. Um, and that's something that, again, we would support for Ireland. You know, people say, oh, well, they're used on footpaths in other in other cities. And that's true where there are cities that, you know, the footpath is as wide as the road mm-hmm. um, and it's a much more kind of open um, streetscape. In Ireland, by and large, our footpaths are narrow and I just don't think it's appropriate for, for e-scooters to be up on the footpath or bikes. Uh, and that's, you know, been the case for a long time here, um, unless it's, you know, a child or, or, or children, but you shouldn't have a bike or a scooter on the footpath. So uh, my understanding is that the department will ha- will be recommending that they be used in uh, bike lanes and on the general road where there isn't a segregated bike lane. And um, what we really want to see is more and more segregated bike lanes for the benefit of all cyclists and users of scooters. And that's the safest way to use any of these kind of light mobility solutions. Part of that, though, will be will require, I'd imagine, an enhancement of bike lanes around the place. And I'm not saying that we should have bike lanes as wide as road paths and so on. But I know just the one time that I, I came into work from where I live into town, the bus lanes just weren't suitable for the scooter in terms of the potholes were massive. And you were either having to go through a pothole and get a bit of whiplash or, you know, move out further than would probably be comfortable to get around them. Yeah. Is that something that's being talked about as well? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly been part of our ask and our uh, discussions with the, the department um, and, you know, any engagement we've had with the NTA. I guess that is something that is already very much front and centre for them. So with Bus Connects, there is, I think, 200 kilometres of segregated cycle lanes um, as part of the rollout of Bus Connects for Dublin alone. So there's significant uh, cycle lanes um, being prepared and built as part of bus connects so they will be you know a huge benefit for e-scooter users and um, cyclists okay and let's talk about the benefits of e-scooters because unfortunately uh, some people have had bad experiences uh, and that is usually as a result of somebody who's being irresponsible on a scooter rather than the majority or, or what I'd like to think would be the majority but in terms of getting people out of cars, uh, taking some of the pressure off maybe aspects of our public transport systems in the big cities, there are a a number of benefits to to having uh, not only shared scooters, but also private scooter use as well. Absolutely. Um, Our our research shows and international research shows that um, the majority that 40 percent of journeys taken in cities are for three kilometres or less. Now that, you know, those are the kind of journeys that really are perfectly primed to be moved towards um, bikes, scooters, walking as well, uh, and any range of of these kind of low emitting um, electric solutions. So the potential benefits for getting up to 40% of car journeys, uh, you know, people out of their cars is unbelievable in terms of on our emissions, on the congestion for, for the 
to then allow for the people who do need to travel by car and to allow for the buses to get through more easily and to have a greater impact on our ability to enjoy our city and, you know, be able to sit outside and, and have wider footpaths that, you know, the benefits are endless. And we just need to, I suppose, have the services available to people. And I guess in, in answer to your point about, you know, people using them in a way that is um, dangerous or not considerate of other road users, I, I absolutely agree with you that that's happening. But in the defense of the people who are using scooters and sometimes using them inappropriately, there is no guidance currently available for them. So, mm -hmm. you know, because the legislation isn't there, the Road Safety Authority isn't going out and providing guidance. They can't because at the moment they're illegal. So I suppose they can't be saying this is how you should use it and this is how you shouldn't use it because you shouldn't be using them at all. And um, so the RSA isn't able to provide guidance. The guards aren't able to enforce rules oh, you shouldn't be using it up on the path, you should be using it down on the road, because again, they're in this grey area. So in the defence of the people who are using it badly, and obviously they shouldn't be, there shouldn't be two people on a scooter, they shouldn't be up on a footpath, but there is a real vacuum um, of information and guidelines. And, you know, where where that arises, no matter what the mode of transport or what the behaviour is, you will have people, you know, not understanding what is appropriate and what's not appropriate. Yeah, well, I think all of this just reinforces the need for this legislation and hopefully it comes sooner rather than later. Obviously, we wanted to go through as many iterations of approval and so on as required. But, you know, I, I do see people every day of the week on them um, and there is a varying level of responsibility, I suppose, by different users and so on. Um, in terms of Bolt and the, the this rollout, do you guys have scooters ready to go to implement as soon as this happens or is it going to be very much a negotiate with each council and then deliver? Um, well, in answer to the first question, yes, we have scooters ready to go. Uh, we are, you know, set up and ready to launch as soon as we get the green light. Um, but unfortunately, certainly for some of the bigger cities, once they are... Um, kind of regulated for it, there still will be likely, a, you know, a process of engagement with the council. So as much as we'd like to encourage them and, and work with them to be ready, we suspect that there still will be either a tendering or a licensing process that might take a month or two months uh, after they're regulated for. So, uh, you know, not to be defeatist, but realistically, I suppose I don't see shared scooter schemes in the major cities um, rolling out until you know, early next year. So you probably wouldn't launch a scheme in January. It's not really the weather for it. So, you know, it might be kind of February, March by the time everything is done uh, uh, and the full um, kind of decisions have been made about who can operate and what the rules will be for operating. We'd like to see it sooner and we're ready to go sooner. But but realistically, I think that's probably the kind of timeline for the shared schemes. Obviously, it'll be sooner for the private uh, use. Great stuff. Ashing Dawn of Bolt, as always, thanks so much for joining us here on News Talk. Thanks so much for having me. Now, take a listen to this. Oh, it's an unpleasant sound, but that is the sound that will come out of every phone near a UK mast this Sunday. Uh, this is part of their emergency alert system that is being tested for the first time on Sunday. Uh, this is a system that's similar to what's used in the US and in Japan, 
whereby if an event occurs that is deemed to be uh, you know, a risk to life or a risk to people, a decision can be made to deploy uh, that sound along with the notification. So on Sunday, users will get a, a notification saying that this is just a test. Uh, you hit OK or you swipe it away to make it stop. But it's going to play for 10 seconds, which is a long enough time. Uh, but the reason I'm mentioning it is because if you live in one of the border counties in the top part of the country, or if you're planning to travel to the UK on Sunday, uh, just be aware that this will happen. It's not network related. So, you know, it doesn't matter if you have an Irish network SIM card in your phone or anything like that. It's to do with the masts. So it's to do with the proximity of a phone to a mast Uh, And if you're in the range of a UK mast, you will get that notification. And the Irish government uh, issued a notification about this earlier in the week to let people know, firstly, as I said, in the bordering counties or those travelling, but particularly those in domestic violence situations or anybody who may have a hidden mobile phone. Because if your device is 4 or 5G enabled uh, and is running sort of modern enough software on its device uh, it will get that get this notification uh, for those who may be in those situations the only way to prevent it from happening is to turn the phone off not to have it in silent mode because again every phone in the UK regardless of whether it's in silent mode or not will get this notification on Sunday uh, so they're just wanting to let people know about that But it's an interesting development uh, and I do wonder if it's something that we will see here in Ireland because you know when, you know, Met Aaron issues a red weather warning and we all have to stay home or if there's going to be flash flooding or gorse fires or whatever, uh, it might be beneficial to have something like this so everybody gets notified. Now, as I mentioned, it is only on 4 and 5G phones. They are saying that people who don't have 4 and 5G phones will have to rely on people like us, basically traditional media, to get the word out there. So it's not a replacement for other forms of communication. It's just an additional form of communication. I'd love to know what you think. Do you think we should have one here in Ireland? Would it be beneficial? You can email me techtalk at newstalk.com. I think it's a great idea. My only fear factor is that it will be used too much. You know, like the news outlets that send a push notification every time somebody smiles in a photograph or something inconsequential happens, it would have to be reserved for emergencies. You know, the dream would be that you build something like this and you have it, but then ideally you'd never have to use it. But in the instance of, you know, severe weather warnings or the cry alert uh, when there is a serious concern about the welfare of a child, um, that, that system has worked very, very well, but it might be beneficial to push a notification to everybody's phone if something like that was triggered. I don't know if it would work in those instances. I'm just thinking out loud and I would love to know your thoughts. You can email techtalk at newstalk.com. Now, when we come back here on News Talk, Kira Tracy is going to review the game that I bet not a single one of you will ever play. <laughs> 